Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Welcome back to our podcast. Well, as you might know, every once in a while, I sneak out on a trip without Alara. In this past October, my older brother and I took a road trip across the country. I had to get to Rhinebeck, New York for our annual show there at the New York State Sheep and Wool Festival, and he tagged along with me. Now, my brother Walt hadn't seen much of the West, and so we had a fun time as we traveled across the country. And one of those places that we stopped and visited was in Mitchell, South Dakota, at the world-famous Corn Palace. We stopped in for a quick, impromptu interview, and the director there, Doug Greenway, gave us a world of information about what is a Corn Palace and how it all started. I hope you enjoy the interview. So if you would please introduce yourself and your title and where we're at. Sure, I'm uh, Doug Greenway. I'm the director of the world's only Corn Palace, where we're standing today. So tell me what a Corn Palace is. Sure, well, it's an attraction, right? I mean, it, it brought you folks to Mitchell. And uh, over the years, millions and millions of folks. But this is actually the, the world's only surviving Corn Palace. This is the third one in Mitchell. So the first Corn Palace built in Mitchell was in 1892. And at that time, the intent was to, to build these grain palaces around the Midwest because every community was trying to grow and bring people to the Midwest. And what better way to do that and say, we can grow enough grain here. It's wasteful. We can build buildings with it. So that was the intent of building a grain palace or what we now call the Corn Palace. So Sioux City had one before us, Plankington, South Dakota had one before us, but thanks to city leaders and uh, the railroad, um, ours is the only one that stuck. So uh, we built a second Corn Palace in 1907. All the others had been gone by then. Uh, they built a bigger one. And as soon as they built it, they realized still not big enough. They were putting 5,000 people in the Corn Palace and, and people were coming from all over the Midwest to see this and uh, celebrate agriculture, because that's what, that's what they did here in the fall. Well, um, as soon as they built the one in 1907, they said, it's still gonna be too small. They started planning, and in 1921, they built this current building that we're in. Um, we host over 400,000 people a year, uh, basketball games, banquets, proms, weddings, some funerals. Um, it's, basically, it's the event center for our community. But you still relate it all around agriculture. It still is celebrating agriculture. We have a fall festival every year called the Corn Palace Festival. And uh, again, we've been 10 to 15,000 people here that week. It's concerts, it's midway rides, it's food, it's a celebration. And that's what the Corn Palace Festival always has been. It used to be in later September, October, because when the harvest was truly done, people would come from the farms and the ranches to the town and celebrate the, uh, the harvest. Uh -huh. And that's what the Corn Palace was built around, celebrating agriculture and the harvest. And of course, over the years, our festival has moved a little bit and we've diversified to hosting other events uh, all year long now. Well, in agriculture, we have to diversify, right? Absolutely. And so um, 
hosting these events here and you're celebrating agriculture and the farmer, uh, does the Corn Palace do anything back to the local community as far as local farmers, uh, anything like that that you guys do? Well, you know, so we're using, we're using rye, we're using uh, uh, some sorghum, millet, milo, uh, sour dock, which is a, a basically a slew grass type of weed, uh, and of course uh, 12 different colors of corn, including yellow field corn. So we, uh, we have a local farmer grows our corn, it takes about 70 acres to grow the corn. Um, of course, we can't, we need brown corn, we need black corn, we need green corn. It can't cross-pollinate, so these fields have to be separate enough so they don't cross-pollinate. And then he harvests that old style. So he picks that corn, uh, separates it into, into bins, uh, you know, small ears, big ears, and so on. Uh, the rye straw is actually shocked. So people haven't used shocks around here since the 20s and 30s, you know, and we still get shocks here. So he has a working uh, machine that he cuts the straw and shocks it and brings that to us, and we apply it to the building. So, so um, obviously we have, you know, ag is king in South Dakota, and so we celebrate ag anytime we have people here. But as far as, you know, you look at some of our sponsors, you know, we have CHS and our technical school and our implement dealers are all sponsors of the Quarter Palace and, and big supporters. But, yeah, we celebrate ag, but as far as integration of ag, um, you know, we don't have a lot of that in the building per se, uh, other, we, other than we do a lot of education about corn. And, and I assume that you probably have school kids that go through here and you do some educational stuff with the tours, school groups. Tours all year long. Uh, this time of year, it's more retired folks. But in the spring of the year, uh, schools from many, many miles come and, and take a tour of the Corn Palace. Absolutely. And um, speaking of the farmer that grows corn, I was looking out there on your one of the boards, and it says uh, it takes about $130,000, $40,000 to decorate the palace. So each year. Our, our decorating budget is about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, two hundred and seventy-five thousand ears of corn. So as these ears come to us, they have to be trimmed on the ends, split in half, and then nailed to uh, the side of the building to make the murals. And of course, our, our mural theme changes every year. Our current theme is under the big top, twenty twenty-two. So it's a circus theme, centered around a shrine circus, which we've had since the fifties. Uh, but we're rolling things over to famous South Dakotans in twenty twenty-three. And I have to ask you, was Mergovin from here? Yes, he's from Mitchell, South Dakota. Mitchell, I yes. knew he was from South Dakota. Yeah, he was a professor at Dakota Wesleyan University. He lived here for a long, long time. And uh, in fact, our university just celebrated his what would have been his 100th birthday last week uh, on their campus. Wonderful, wonderful. Yes, and of course, George McGovern, you know, a friend of ag, but also the World Food Program, right? right? And, and, and uh, which modern school lunch programs are a result of that of that program, George McGovern's. So as I'm looking behind you at some of these murals, um, is there a, a local artist that helped put these together? So what or? you're seeing on the inside of the Corn Palace, we have, um, we have two different designers. Um, the ones on the ends are Oscar Hauer originals. Oscar Hauer was a, uh, is a Crow Creek uh, Native American from about an hour and a half from here. He's, he's, he's of course, passed away, but he's a world-famous uh, artist. He was the designer of murals for 22 years. Okay, so the ones on the ends, he is designed. So you see on the one end, we have, we have Mount Rushmore. We have a shooting our state bird, which is a little bit unique, uh, celebrating agriculture. On the other end, you can see that we have um, the Native American theme. We have Father DeSmet, DeSmet, South Dakota, uh, blessing the Badlands. Over the stage is a completely different design. That's a, a more modern artist by the name of Cal Schultz. Um, and that's the year of reconciliation with our tribes in South Dakota. So on the far left, you see that the, the tribes are wary of the settlers coming to the prairie. Um, on the far right, you see that they've come together. 
celebrating with uh, their children playing and, and the gentlemen selling their beverage. Over the stage, you'll see that on the left, we have the, the settler. On the right, we have the Native American. We have the stick-built homes. We have the teepees. We have a beef animal. We have buffalo. We have schoolhouses with the books for the culture or the education of the white person. And of course, nature was the educational system for the Native Americans. And then in the middle, we've got the, the handshake uh, of those two cultures coming together, which is timeless, we think. It's still, still uh, very applicable today. Yes, it is, yes it is. So on the outside of the building that you uh, decorate, is that uh, artist as well that helped you that? Or do so you guys... currently, Dakota Wesleyan University um, graphic design students design our mural. So our board gives them a theme, and we say, so we wanted the circus theme. And we, want, we gave them ideas like elephants and clowns and tigers jumping through fire rings and big top tents and ringmasters. And they give us all these ideas that we pare down to the ones we pick. And then they, they size the murals based on the colors that we need to fit the outside. Well, it's, it's wonderful because you do bring in younger school children all the way up through college are helping to do this, and then local artists that come in and help? Well, the, the artists are more college-aged, you know. I suppose they're more traditional-age college well, students, well, but, but as those that come here to see it, all ages, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You kind of incorporate your educational portion, but it also goes to college-age that are helping with, not oh, yes. that the younger ones are helping with the murals, but the... Well, and we have some components when we do tours of, for example, why corn was important to the settling of South Dakota. You know why it was important to the Native Americans. You know, um, so yes, we do we do integrate a lot of, of of agricultural education in our tours of the Corn Palace. And so I'm going to go back to a little bit of personal history about yourself. So you grew up as a farm kid, and yeah, dairy farm. Uh, we also had hogs and beef cattle. Uh, my my parents have passed passed away, but they uh, yeah they milked for 65 years. And my uh, my nephew is now on that farm, a fourth generation Greenway, and uh, they raise hogs, beef cattle, uh, of course wheat, alfalfa, corn, soybeans. Uh, about 10 miles from Mitchell. Well, and that's a, um, a, a, as we know, the family dairy farms are going away a lot here in the U.S. Yes, and we, you know, I, I stay pretty current, you know, with dairy, and it's, it's been a tough battle, and it's, uh, you know, I call it the McDonald's model. You, the profit margins are so slim, you just have to help millions and millions and millions of pounds sold to make a living, and, you know, those dairies of 75 to 100 cows just aren't, uh, um, you know, feasible anymore because you just cannot make enough money to, to support a family or two. Well, and the population in America has grown too, so we have more and more mouths to feed. Everybody wants to, needs to eat of right. some kind. They need protein in some form. Yes, absolutely. Well, Two percent of the population feed the rest of us. Right? Isn't it amazing? Yes. Yep. And then we complain about the price of it sometimes. That's right. <laughs> but they really don't know how much time and effort and money and hours right. you put right. in. As yeah, a my family's harvesting right now, and that's that. Yeah, the soybeans will go into most of their soybeans will go to increase uh, uh, livestock and, and hog production. You know, so for for protein. All right. Well, I want to thank you again for spur of the moment dropping in and letting us talk with you. Appreciate, appreciate, it. appreciate it. Yeah, and I am. Uh, I'm happy we can make it work. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening.
If you like this podcast and would like to find out more information about the Corn Palace, please visit their website at cornpalace.com. We'll see you next time with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, All Rights Reserved. Copyright 2022.